Good morning, Joe Keyport here with WCMP as we are joined by Rod Greeter, the University of Minnesota Agriculture Educator for Pine County, as we are here to talk about protecting animals during the high heat and humidity. And boy, Rod, that is quite a topic here for this week. Yeah, I, I hope somebody's uh, looking out for me too during this high <laughs> heat and humidity. The same. Uh, so let's just start off with a general ag update. Uh, crop report that came out yesterday. We had uh, lots of days suitable for field work because it's dry out there. So that's the good news. The bad news is, though, that our topsoil moisture supplies are rated uh, almost 50% of the topsoil out there is short. So we need a rain again. Subsoil moistures, too, are being depleted. Uh, so we need a rain here, and I don't see any in the forecast for the next uh, week or so. It might be some thunderstorms, but we all know those can be hit or miss and, and uh, isolated. And our car crop conditions, too, are not the greatest. Uh, corn condition is about, oh, 30% fair to poor. Soybeans are about 30% uh, too fair to poor. So uh, just really crops are struggling out there. Hay and pastures also just do not like this heat this early. Hmm. So those cool season grasses like a Timothy grass and things that do well in May and June, when the temperatures look like they're August, they go, oh, well, we're done for the season, and they start to shut down. So we've got some pain coming here, even if we do get some rains, because these uh, cool season grasses are starting to shut down and, and getting hurt. So... Um, We've got some problems out there with the crop, and we need some rain. Uh, uh, and we haven't had that rain. We, we've had some trouble, too. A lot of our weed control, our herbicides that we use for weed control, need some moisture to be activated if they're soil applied. And also, uh, for the, the people that use Roundup, which is a lot of them, mm -hmm. for Roundup Ready Corn, Roundup Ready Soybeans, they will wait till the weeds are all emerged and then go out there and spray and knock out all those weeds but that herbicide has to contact all those weeds on the green leafy portions it has to work into it photosynthetically and if uh with the dry conditions we've had not all those weed seeds have emerged yet hmm. so what's going to happen is farmers are going to go out there and spray and it's going to look pretty for a week or two and then if we get a rain there's going to be a new flush of weed growth then you have to hope that the corn and beans canopy can close in quickly enough to shade them out. But a little risky when we go through this type of, of uh, dry practice here, here with weed control. And I'd like to suggest if you've got some uh, things going on with weed control, give me a call. Or you can listen to our Extension Field Notes podcast. Just go, go and Google it, U of M Extension Field Notes. And they, I think, have a podcast every week. Uh, last week it was on weed control, and I think uh, this Wednesday it's on side dressing nitrogen, which we've got going on at this time too. Last thing under the general category, we've got some farm safety training coming up for our youth here in Pine County and also Isani County, mm -hmm. and we won't turn anybody away at the border. If they want to come in from Kanabic or Chisago, we will let them in. Okay, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> But just some statistics to show that this uh, is a huge issue. There are about 2 million kids that are on U.S. farms every year. Mm -hmm. And there are about uh, 33 that are injured on average every day across the United States. Oh, wow. And about 100 kids in a year's time, they're injured to the point of fatality. So this is a, a real issue. Yeah. And 60% uh, of the kids that are injured aren't necessarily working on the farm. 
They live on the farm. Maybe they're there visiting. They're playing. Mm-hmm. They're playing on the tractor that's sitting out in the, the field that's not running, and they fall off and get hurt. Or uh, an animal gets loose and they, they get hit or something. Mm-hmm. But it's amazing that it, we all think about, well, it's the youth working on the farm. No, there's a lot of hazards just being on the farm. Yeah. And it was like that, especially here in the area of East Central Minnesota. We're not rural, rural like some places are, but still, like, I didn't grow up on a farm, but I still did a lot of farm activities as a kid. And I mean, our, my training was, hey, don't do that, you'll die. So, <laughs> so did you learn your lesson? I learned my lesson. I stayed away from the PTO pretty well. Yeah. So, uh, well, it's good that you mentioned PTO because yeah. that is one of the major things we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, operation of loaders and uh, shop safety hazards, the chemicals, the uh, power tools, electrical hazards, grain bin safety. The list is as, as long as your arm, Joe, and your arm's longer than mine. So it there's a lot of things, as you just mentioned, that can go wrong. So we'll try to cover all of those and see if we can't keep our youth safe on the farm. Perfect. Well, uh, with this excessive heat wave, what should farmers do to protect their livestock? Yeah, we talked a little bit about the heat's effect on crops, but... Uh, livestock are really uh, uh, vulnerable at this time of year under these conditions, and it affects all of our livestock. The, the desirable zone in terms of temperatures for livestock is generally between 50 and 70. Hmm. So even in the, the fall when our temperatures stop dropping into the 40s and 30s, they're already starting to feel that. And when it gets above 75 and to 80, you start to have problems. So there's really a narrow band. Yeah. And what happens is when it gets up above 80, they start to get reduced gains and as it gets warmer and if they don't if their needs aren't being met, there's they can die. And they'll also have reduced feed intake. They uh, you'll be able to tell because there'll be reduced activity. They may huddle in a corner together and not move. They'll start pantering, panting as it gets worse, they'll start slobbering. And then uh, things like pigs which really have exposed skin and you want to keep them out of the sun yeah. uh, i've even seen pigs when i was raising them that uh, they get uh, kind of heat exhaustion and they'd start to wobble as they were walking and almost fall over or their their rear ends they'd lose uh, lose control so that's you know those are serious problems mm-hmm. when you get to that sta- that uh, stage so you want to try to stop it before it gets there so you can adjust some patterns uh, maybe feed earlier in the morning. Don't want to have them out there in the heat of the day. Or feed much later in the evening. Also, they're going to eat less, so you might want to adjust your feed so it's a little higher protein, a little denser, mm. so that be- even though they're eating less, they're getting what they need yeah. to keep them healthy. You don't want to move them. You don't want to schedule any activities. You don't say, want to say, okay, we're going to treat the calves today, and it's 90 degrees outside. You don't mm-hmm. want to be chasing them around the yard and running them through the chute. You're probably going to have a fatality. One key thing is water. Just the three most important things are water, water, water. Yeah. Uh, and it needs to be cool and fresh. I've seen lots of people have a big old tank of water out there, and then it sits there all day. And it's hot. Yeah. I mean, you, none of us like to drink anything hot, but boy, when it's cool and it's fresh, you know, it can go down pretty quick. Animals aren't any different. So you want to make sure that it's fresh and it's and it's cool and that everybody has access to it. Yeah. We'll talk a minute here about chickens, but I remember when I was raising chickens and you'd have a water and it was good enough for maybe 25 or 30 of them in a general day. But uh, now when it was real hot, everybody wanted to be right by the water. So you got the five biggest guys sitting there blocking it from the other 20 around the outside. 
So you got to make sure you get more access to to that water. And then finally is shade. You want to make sure that you have ventilation in buildings and that there's some either natural or artificial shade that they can get out of that bright sunlight. Hmm. Uh, well, how does heat and humidity affect different species differently? I know you talked about turkeys and you've talked about pigs and stuff, so kind of go a little yeah. more in depth. Yeah, well, let's t- start with uh, poultry. Uh, and this kind of applies across all species, too. The older the animal, the bigger the animal. Uh, if the if the animal's not healthy, they're going to be more at risk. Mm. Turkeys are or uh, heat can really be tough on them. Now, most animals will do a, a get cool by either panting or evaporative cooling. So your dog has their tongue hanging out, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and their water intake increases by two to four fold, especially for poultry. So you want to make sure, again, as I said, they have access and that you don't have some some people in the way, so to speak, some chickens in the way. Uh, uh, for pigs, uh, you'll see a pig uh, kind of lay out on the ground or on the concrete, uh, especially if it's in the shade or if they're in a building, because they're trying to increase their body contact with the cooler surface. That helps mm. them cool off. Uh, and pigs don't sweat like humans, so they need water sprinklers uh, to get them wet, and we'll talk a little bit about the mud too, but I have to tell you a quick story. Uh, my wife, one day I was gone working, and it was a real hot day like this. I asked her to go out and sprinkle the hogs with the hose. Hmm. And she did that. And then I got home and I got in trouble and I got an earful because she was spraying them. And what's the first thing they do? Start to shake and waddle, get the, <laughs> get the, the water out of their ears. And they just splattered yeah, sure. her with oh. mud and manure. And what did she do? Well, she had gotten dressed before to go to a meeting and stopped to watered the hogs and sprinkled the hogs on her way to her meeting and then had to go back and shower and change clothes so but i'm the one that got oh yes (laughs) (laughs) but that's okay yeah Uh, but uh, hogs like to have some water they like to have them at that mud hole we all have that in our heads right the hogs Mm -hmm. like the mud hole and how they really get cooled is when they come out of the mud and the water uh, as that water evaporates off them well it takes some of their body heat away and then that mud acts as kind of a protective barrier because they don't have much hide there yeah so it's kind of interesting how that all fits together but they need shade too uh cattle uh, same thing there the ones that are heavier older iller darker hided and we know that darker colors absorb more mm-hmm. uh, and they need about 1.1 percent of body weight per hour in terms of water okay so uh and then the feeding of them too you want either you want to feed either really early in the morning or late at night because uh, their physiology is such that after about four to six hours after they've eaten their body temperature is up because they're digesting all that food their bodies are really working well then their body temperatures are up at the peak ambient temperature outside well that that's not a good combination no. so you want to feed them either before or after so they're not don't have that high body heat at high noon so to speak they also need shade, of course, and uh, if you say a thousand pound steer would need about twenty to twenty five gallons of water during a hot period that's about fifty percent to seventy five percent above normal if you've got uh, dairy dairy cows, a lactating dairy cow may require twice as much as a dry cow, a cow that doesn't have a calf or isn't milking, so they might need forty to fifty gallons oh, wow. of water per day. So it's yeah. it's a big deal. You want to stay on it. You want to be out there observing them mm-hmm. uh, because it won't take long for them to get uh, heat stroke or heat exhaustion, especially when it's 90 degrees day after day after day. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Well, Rod, if people want to learn a little bit more about what you talked about today, how can people contact you and what other extension events are going on? Yeah, the Farm Safety Day, again, uh, we want to make sure that that's available to uh, any youth that want to come. Please give me a call if you've got questions. That's June 22nd, 1 to 4, and we'd love to have you. The first 25 people that register get this great little uh, farm safety uh, three or little binder booklet mm-hmm. that is just filled with useful information. So uh, please give me a call at 320-591-1662 and follow us on Facebook and always at extension.umn.edu. Well, Rod, thank you so much for coming in and chatting with me here today. Thank you, Joe. Stay cool. <laughs>